0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is one Charles W. Chuck Bryant. He's a good guy. Which one are we doing? Oh, we're doing privacy. Great. Great. <laughs> That's how loose we
0: play it here, people. Loosey-goosey. Sometimes.
1: Yeah. How you doing?
0: Great. How are
1: you? I'm
0: good. I think we're both pretty pumped for these two subjects today.
1: Uh, yeah. Mainly, I'm pumped about putting out a decent episode for once. <laughs> once in your life? I hope we do. <laughs> I probably just jinxed us or I'm going to overthink it. No, and...
0: no, 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 no. This is
1: great. It's gold. Here we go. There. All right. Chuck. Yes. Have you ever heard of something called Death Switch? Is it a movie? No. Was it a band? No. Should be. I think Killswitch is a band, though. Okay. Uh, And a thing. Maybe even a (laughs) failsafe. Um, But Death Switch is a service, an internet service, uh, that you or I or any schmo with even a dial-up connection can go uh, get. Okay. Okay. Uh, There's a free version of it where you uh, can insert one email address and one message, and then there's a premium version where you can do up to 30 email addresses and all this other stuff. But the point of it is this. You set up all the stuff you want to say to people after you're dead. Wow. Whether it's like... I knew it. You know. Sure. See you in hell. Right. Or, see um, you in heaven. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess it depends <laughs> on your disposition or your bent. Yeah. Um, or, you know... I love you, just wanted to tell you one last time, or um, this is this all your is fault, freaking you out, <laughs> right? like that kind of thing. Yeah, this is. I know what you did, uh-huh. that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, for, with the premium service, you can attach things like movies and things like that. So you could really? be like, "Hey, here's one last bootleg. I know you always like my pirated movies, so here's one more." Wow. Uh, no, but like, the yours would clicks. be "Cutie Patootie," <laughs> right? Cause I'm a cutie, cutie patootie. And
0: you would have it sent to me every day for the next like 40 years,
1: right? Well, I think it just goes out once, but um, the point is, is you, you, you create all these emails and then death switch sits on them for you securely they're secured sure and then um on a fixed schedule they send you an email saying hey click this link and put in your password
0: like basically are you still alive
1: exactly okay um and if you don't answer it does it again and again and again and then you know there's a set amount of times where it starts to really kind of pepper you like hey man we're about to like you know, <laughs> the big yeah. Email. That that your boss is going to get that email if you don't wow. do this, and then it goes, okay, you're dead. You're either dead or you're in a coma or you're just you're critically incapacitated, can't even ask for a computer. Um, and here you go, and it sends out your emails for you, which is pretty cool. And I think it's cool that everyone, anyone gets one free message from this company. You can do one email, one email address with one message, no attachments or whatever, for free. At deathswitch.com. Which, how, how much is of the pre- which I own no shares right. or stake or any kind of financial interest. God, I hope not. How much is the premium service? I don't know. I'm curious. What am I? Like, you're, am I your Google? Well, you know, let me Google that for you. So the, the point is, um, deathswitch mm-hmm. is kind of the service that straddles the line of what we're talking about today, which is privacy after death. Mm-hmm. Because, they maintain your privacy while you're still alive, and then after you're dead, the whole point is to go blab whatever you want to blab, right? For the very least, after you don't return their emails. But the their presence of Death Switch and the whole service it provides actually falls squarely on one side of um, what's kind of a pretty big uh, moral, philosophical, ethical discussion I'm finding after researching this, and that is whether or not you do... Have any right to privacy after you're dead. Yeah. Um, and I thought this was a pretty good. This is, it was the Grabster who wrote this article, so of course it's quality. He should get paid extra for this. Yeah, we should at least get yeah. to meet him. Yeah, he a, should come up. You met office.
0: him? Yeah. No, I emailed him a while back and was. I mean, early on, it was like,
1: "Hey, dude, thanks oh, for." Oh yeah, that's right. He he replied content. like, "Leave me alone." Yeah, yeah. Who are you, <laughs> Pod? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So the Grabster wrote this article. You know, it's quality. Um. And uh, he he makes a really good point right out of the gate, like to to understand whether or not we have any privacy rights after we're dead. Let's first investigate the privacy rights we have when we're alive. That's a good way to go about it. And they are both at once sweeping and attenuous. That's a good way to put it. Thanks.
0: <laughs> well, uh, the Constitution, if you're going to talk rights of American citizens at least, mm-hmm. no better place to start. Yeah, because it
1: says in the Constitution, everyone has the right to privacy. No, it does not. Oh. <laughs> it
0: doesn't say that in that uh, document or the Bill of Rights. But... The Supreme Court over the years has interpreted the Constitution in such a way that it, in many cases, does provide a right to privacy based on, largely, uh, Ninth Amendment, Mm -hmm. which which says. Go
1: ahead. Ninth Amendment says that there's probably rights that the framers didn't think of. Yeah.
0: Pretty broad. Yeah. Uh, Fourth Amendment, of course, unlawful search and seizure, my favorite, and the 14th (laughs) Amendment... Which is that uh, the feds can't
1: deprive you of life or liberty or property, buddy. Right. And in that interpretation of liberty, privacy is a major aspect of that. Sure. So this has played out um, several times. Anything that's not in the Constitution that can be challenged means it's up to the Supreme Court to decide what's what. And they have uh, generally sided with the rights of the individual to privacy time and time again. Um the the government has had the back of its hand smacked when it's tried to say hey parents you have to do this with your kids education you can't homeschool them hippie you need to put them in public school so we can teach them exactly what we want and the supreme court said no 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 uh they also um said by the way you also can't outlaw sodomy uh between two consenting adults um do you remember that time when there was like like sodomy was illegal yeah. We were alive and sentient. Yeah. Griswold, I'm um,
0: sorry, uh, Lawrence v. Texas, 2003.
1: Yes, I know. <laughs> That's pretty recent.
0: That was, uh, John Lawrence and Tyrone Garner were, uh,
1: lovers. Lovers. Boyfriend, boyfriend.
0: Boyfriend and boyfriend. They were, uh, committing an act of coitus, lovemaking, in the privacy of their own home, in the bedroom, even. Yeah.
1: And it was consensual. It's a big one, too.
0: Very much consensual. And uh, in 1998, and a sheriff's deputy uh, entered the apartment with his weapon drawn because a, uh, a call had been made by uh, their neighbor saying that there was someone waving a gun and there was a domestic dispute going on. Huh. So the sheriff goes in there, see these two guys are doing it, and they're like, you're under arrest for doing that. Huh and as it comes out later the neighbor he's like do you see this phallic symbol i'm right? holding in my hand <laughs> uh, it turns out the neighbor that had reported this uh was previously in a relationship with one of those dudes oh it was a false uh a false not charge but what do you call it a false report and he was uh convicted of 15 days in jail for Making that call. <laughs>
1: can you believe petty jealousy ended up changing the law under the Supreme Court? I know. Isn't that crazy? That, that is crazy.
0: But they basically went to the Supreme Court, and in a 6-3 ruling, they said, You know what, dudes? You can do that deed. Nice. In your
1: bedroom there. Good for you, Chuck. Good for Texas. Good for Texas. Good for the uh, gay community as well. Sure. There's this great... Um, do you ever read any Akbar and Jeff comics? Matt Groening stuff from like Life as Hell? Uh... Is I knew it, life is hell, but I'd never heard of the other. Was that part of that? Akbar and Jeff was part of it. Is the, okay. two, the two guys who looked like twins who both wore fezzes. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was one where it was like they were both sitting on the couch together and it said, like, um, th- they were watching the news and it said, like, from the TV, uh, the uh, sodomy has been outlawed and, like, they move apart on mm-hmm. the couch and then they move back together and they go, damn the law. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh,
0: the first case you mentioned, though, was, uh, was, uh, Meyer versus Nebraska, and that was in 1920. A teacher was teaching German to a student, and they busted him and arrested him. They're like, you're not teaching anyone German. You need to be teaching them freedom <laughs> language. Exactly. A.K.A. American. But he won. And then in Connecticut, uh, two people, a Planned Parenthood uh, director and a physician, opened a birth control clinic, and they were arrested for selling contraceptives, but that was overturned. Right. So they're
1: siding with the people. So those are those are cases of privacy, you know, basically based on what you do in, in your own home or what business, you do in sure. your own educational system. Um, business, not so much because you can't, you know, you can't refuse the right, you can't refuse service to somebody based on like their skin color or anything.
0: Yeah, but you can sell contraceptives. That's
1: what I meant. You totally can. Yeah. You can sell contraceptives to anybody you want. Um But there's, there's, those are, those are all based on the idea that it's what you're doing in your own home, it's your own private business, that kind of thing, right? Um, but there's actually an act, there's a federal act that says you have privacy, uh, especially when it comes to government agencies. And that's the Federal Privacy Act, appropriately named, of 1974 that, uh, came about uh, at the time when people were just starting to figure out what computers were capable of. Oh, yeah. They're like, wow, those punch cards can do this? And uh, they they the public realized that, wait, there's databases now, and you don't have to walk all the way across Washington, D.C. to get my file, which means you're not going to do that, so I'm safe. Now you can cross-reference things from agency to agency. Yeah. and My information is just up for grabs way more than it ever was before. So in response, the, uh, the federal government passed the Federal Privacy Act of 1974, which basically says you can go up to the EPA and be like, hey, feds, I want to see my file, and they have to show it to you. What's interesting is it certainly doesn't cover
0: the, them getting the information for that file. No. It just covers the dissemination of that information.
1: And if you walked up to the FBI and said, hey, Fed, let me see what you got on me. Psst. Yeah, He'd exactly. Like They'd be like, sure, sure.
0: Come, come in. It's right over come here. in. Can we get you some coffee? It's like De Niro. And when Lorraine Bracco
1: comes to him at the end, he's like, no, 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 just a little further. Right. Don't building, <laughs> right. right there. Right. See that fur? Go get your fur. Um, yeah, if the FBI ever offers you a fur, yeah, just, just walk away <laughs> if you can. Yeah. Um, so that was a that was a pretty landmark act, um, and that's definitely one of the – in addition to the Supreme Court's interpretation of the Constitution, it, it's, it forms a pillar. The yeah. other pillar, um, strangely enough, came out of the Clinton years, uh, and it is the Health Insurance Portability yeah. and Accountability Act, HIPAA, which you might be familiar with from filling out like doctor's forms and stuff. Basically, it's saying, like, here's yeah. the HIPAA waiver. Not potability. No, portability. That'd be weird. Yeah. Because then you could drink it.
0: Right. You can't drink an act. No. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. Nineteen ninety-six, and that that basically covers medical information and things that, like, your doctor or your insurance provider can can disseminate about you.
1: Right. Um, and so you put all that together, and you have a pretty reasonable right to privacy. Yeah. And at the very least, to see what the feds have on you, depending on whether they're law enforcement or not. Exactly. So, if you are alive. These are the rights that are afforded to you, alive and a member of America, the American <laughs> family, right? A card-carrying member. The moment you die, though, that that Privacy Act, the Federal Privacy Act of 1974, is like, you're dead to me. You yeah. no longer are, you have no rights whatsoever under my umbrella, Ella, Ella. That is true. Explicitly says so. HIPAA
0: is the opposite. It actually extends those rights uh, very plainly to your family, and says, "You know what? Your family can uh, is now in in charge of this, and it's completely transferred. The permission for information sharing is given completely to
1: them." Right. the the um the the whole aspect of well, it's your estate. It's part of your estate. Yeah. Uh, the, the, basically the, the right to say, yeah, that person can have access to this medical info, that medical information, whatever. Yeah. That passes to the survivor. So HIPAA is real strict. Federal privacy, it's like you're dead. HIPAA is like, y- you're yeah, alive. you yeah. you on. <laughs> You'll live forever. Uh, it can, it's called descendant. Uh, or there's a, there's a, um, descendancy of the right. It's a descendable right, I'm sorry. And so too is something called the right of publicity. Yeah, this was pretty interesting. Yeah. So there was this, um, thing that came out of the 1950s when, um, baseball stars, uh, started saying, like, hey, wait a minute, man. I, I'm not that hip with this guy coming out and taking my picture and, you know, Sell putting it on tops and mm-hmm. then tops making money. I, I should be able to make some money. That's my picture. Yeah. And everybody went, but these are just baseball cards. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards somebody, you know, one of the baseball players said, no, they're not. There's more to it. And everybody said, oh, okay, maybe you're right. We give in, baseball star. Yeah. So that out of that came the idea of the right to publicity, which is a, a celebrity, somebody who can make money off of their image, their likeness, their identity, down to- Like um, you. Or you. <laughs> down to, like, Einstein's identity is owned, um, actually, by the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. He yeah. willed it to him. And
0: most people's identities are managed by their estate when you're talking about famous folks.
1: Right. There's also a company called um, CMG oh, Worldwide that out of Indiana. Unbelievable. Their their business model is collecting rights of publicity, oh, like buying people. them off of estates or yeah. managing them for estates. But basically, their, their thing is licensing the identity of a dead person. Unbelievable. So um, do you remember, wasn't it like a Coors commercial or whatever, and John Wayne was in it? Uh, I remember...
0: That might I sort of remember that, but I definitely remember Fred Astaire was in a a dirt devil commercial like Dancing with a Broom. Right.
1: Now if he Or the uh, Broom
0: became the Dirt Devil, I think that was the deal.
1: Right. Now his if if his family exercises the right to publicity of his estate, um Dirt Devil paid to use his Likeness. Yeah, I, I wish I would have remembered to look that up. I can't remember which way that one went because there was a stink over it. Well, the, the thing is, is likely, even if you are big on privacy, right, um, your right to publicity is taxable. So even if Fred's, Fred Astaire's heirs said, no, he wanted to rest in peace, he didn't want to do any more dancing, especially not the yeah. CGI dancing. He just wanted to, to be dead. They likely did charge for that rather than just granting permission yeah. because they have to pay – taxes yeah, that's on the right to publicity, whether they use it or not. How do they figure that? I don't know, Chuck. I think that might have been Gene Kelly, actually,
0: come to think of it. No, I think it was Fred Astaire. I'm picturing Gene Kelly. Huh.
1: Well, you know we'll <laughs> eventually know the Maybe answer. Gene Kelly was the broom.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gene Kelly was always the broom to Fred Astaire. It's not fair. Uh, it, it
0: varies. and Actually, in, in most of the world, the right of publicity does not at death, but in the U.S., it's a state uh, law. Issue. Yes, state by state. And, um, New York, it terminates at death. But other states like Tennessee, Washington, and Indiana, which govern the rights of Elvis Presley, Mm -hmm. Jimi Hendrix, Mm -hmm. and CMG is based out of Indiana. Probably no accident. Yeah. They, uh, say the control of the identity is secured for a term from ranges from like a hundred years to forever right which is really interesting
1: and like we said it it's the person's image it's their likeness it's their identity and like the Hebrew University of Jerusalem mm-hmm. sued um some costume maker for creating a a wig and a mustache <laughs> yeah. that it was you know based on Einstein well did they call it the Einstein though probably
0: cuz i went wig shopping the other night <laughs> i really did for uh, el chipo's playing a come as your favorite rock star party so we were like well we got to be dressed up as well so we went wig shopping, and they had – that's where I – and this was before we knew we were even doing this podcast. They had wigs that were clearly people, living and dead, but they were just named something different.
1: Right. now, Like you,
0: Shock Jock was the Howard Stern. Right. They had an Amy Winehouse one called the Rehab Wig. Jeez.
1: I know. See, now, her family probably just isn't aware of that. I'm sure they would have a lawsuit on their hands. They could sue an American court if it's an American company. Um... See if you can guess Top Hat Rocker.
0: Hold on. Edgar Winner. Oh, that's good. Slash. Who? Slash. Of course. But what was funny was am, among this wall of wigs of thinly veiled names, there was a Snooky wig, and it was Snooky. <laughs> yeah. With her face on it. So she was like, sure, I'll take money. Right. Make a wig.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, wouldn't you if you were Snooky? I'd do it if I was Chuck. Um... So that's the right, right to publicity. That and the HIPAA protection are descendable rights. So it, 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 it's passed along. Yeah. And Einstein, his estate makes $76 million a year. Well, they did in the last five million, five years.
0: Oh, five combined? Yeah. Oh. but that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a ton. Yeah. And that's Einstein. like, I knew Elvis and Hendrix and those guys. And like, well, actually, Marilyn Monroe's in the public domain, isn't she?
1: Yes, she is. Be and there's a there was a fight over that. The California tried to um basically pass like a lover boy law. It just made up that term, but it makes sense where they <laughs> said son. that everyone has to work for the weekend. Right. <laughs> everyone has to wear bandanas. Um where they said like Marilyn Monroe's estate is is part of the the right to publicity yeah. as a descendable um Thing. Sure. Uh, and uh, I guess somebody didn't want that that way, and they went to the trouble of proving that, um, she was a resident in New York at the time of death. So, T.S. Well, California. and it's,
0: it's fortuitous that you mentioned Monroe, or maybe I did, because autopsy photos come into play here, and her death photos. Arguably among the sexiest death photos <laughs> of all time, probably. Autopsy photos have generally, and murder scene photos have been uh, generally protected, uh, from release when someone submits for the Freedom of Information Act and says, hey, we want to see these photos, and the courts have generally said, no,
1: you know what, you, you can't. Right. Well, with Freedom of Information Act, that's this thing that's this um, spearhead into the heart of, the, Both of, the other of HIPAA mm-hmm. and the Freedom of Privacy Act yeah. because it, it it's this catch-22. It's like the government is tasked with, the, if they're going to gather information on you and keep it, They have to protect it. It's your privacy. But government also has to be transparent. So if somebody asks about your information, the government has to give it to them under a Freedom of Information Act. Unless, again, if it has to do with law enforcement, they're just going to turn you down outright. Yeah. But on a case-by-case basis, it's usually decided whether or not they're going to grant it. And a lot of times, they kick it to the courts Uh and let the courts decide. Uh, And there have been some big ones. Usually, the court... Rules in favor of or rules against the Freedom of Information Act, especially when they uh, feels like there's going to be harm to the family.
0: Yeah, if it's harmless or if it's been like many many years, they might allow it. But uh, the one that, that the Grabster mentions in here was the Vincent Foster case, who uh, yeah. was the attorney who killed himself in 1993, who worked for the Clintons or the Clinton administration, mm-hmm. and uh, he no, he was I think a Whitewater guy too. So Uh, he was, was like, with the the Clintons for a while. Well, when he committed suicide, there were photographs of the scene, and they were not made public. So conspiracy people filed an FOIA, uh, whatever report you have to fill out, and said, we want to see these photos. Yeah. And they said, no.
1: Yeah, apparently the guy still managed to get four Polaroids released, which was a Herculean effort, yeah. Um, Well, good for him. If you want to spend your... Well, a full day at least. You, you just go ahead and type in Vince Foster. Oh, I'm and sure. Click on w- the What Really Happened yeah, dot yeah. com um, thing on it. It's it's extensive, exhaustive. I'm sure. Um, so yeah,
0: Dale Earnhardt m- more recently was uh, you know he he crashed and killed uh, was killed and at the Daytona 500.
1: Yeah. Did you ever hear he apparently died like flipping off the guy who like uh, who, really who spun him out? Yeah. That's what I heard.
0: Hey, that's a nice way to go out, at least.
1: Yeah. <laughs> screw you, buddy.
0: Yeah, uh, they uh, the Florida courts rejected um, the plea to release those photos in the newspaper. And the Supreme Court, they
1: said, "You know what? We're not even going to entertain this case." Bye bye. Yeah, Florida sp- Florida passed a law, another Lover Boy law, for <laughs> to prevent these these photos from being released. Really? That's a that's a Lover Boy law. Man. Okay, I was. I was silent because I was scanning my brain for another lover boy line, but I couldn't make it one. <laughs> um, Chuck, even more recent than Dale Earnhardt's death, that whole kerfuffle over his death photos, um, well, there's been a couple, but one was the uh, the News of the World phone hacking scandal. I don't know about that one. Okay. let me Let me enlighten you to the despicableness of what News of the World was capable of and was doing. For a while, you, well, what is news- a, I've heard of News of, it. of the what world is. It? is um, it's a. It's not
0: weekly world news. No, it's My a news
1: core. Yeah, R I P. That that was. Oh, good. is that not around yeah, anymore? No, it's not. Um, n- it's a news core, which is a Rupert Murdoch owned um, paper. That's uh-huh. now under. It was headed by a woman named Rebecca Brooks, and she's now gone. Uh, as a matter of fact, News of the World is gone because of all this. They were hacking like the f- the f- voicemail accounts of like. Everybody the Royals wow. celebrities but the one that was really just really awful um, was the voicemail of a 13 year old girl named Millie Dowler who in 2002 went missing while she was missing this is a big this is big news in in England yeah um, News of the world had uh, some private detective hack her voicemail and were listening to her voicemail messages and the mailbox was full so they started deleting them so that people could leave more if if possible so they could hack more and report on more what were they trying to get just any information they possibly could right. cuz the girl was still missing she was dead at the time but so no were they one trying knew to help that. like get clues no okay they were trying to get more leads a full mailbox and a dead girl who's not getting her mail Isn't gonna help anybody as far as news of the world was going. So they just deleted some after they'd listened and written stories on them. Trying to get news story leads, not case leads. Exactly. Okay. All stories. Like no one had any idea they were doing this. So the girl's parents thought she was still alive and was deleting her email or her voicemail. Um. Wow. Yeah. So it was a very big deal. It also threw off the cops too. They, they, it hindered the investigation. So, everybody who has anything to do with that has now been executed by the state in Great Britain. (laughs) That brings up a a good point, though is is this stuff a crime?
0: And uh, it sort of depends on the law. Um, HIPAA actually does enforce criminal penalties if you knowingly share medical information, uh, like selling Madonna's pap smear, for instance. You could be (laughs) put in jail for that.
1: I almost just did a spit take, a genuine one. Really? Did that Uh, happen?
0: No, it was in the, it was in the movie Slacker.
1: Oh, okay. Man, that was close.
0: <laughs> but I bet stuff like that does happen for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, more often than not, though, there there will be civil penalties uh, instead of criminal ones, and you won't be going to jail. But you can slander someone after
1: death. You can. Well, uh, depending on what state you're in, they don't call it slander. You can it's say defamation. what you want after death. It's it's well. There's anti defamation laws, right? In like California is one state that was the only state I could find. In most states, it's like no, you can say whatever you want about somebody after they they've died. But there's something of a movement toward getting anti defamation laws in place for the deceased, and it's based on this philosophical debate, like can you harm a dead person? Right. Uh, What do you think? What's your opinion? Uh.
0: I don't know. It seems like it would be a nice thing for your privacy rights to extend after death. Sure, but I mean, in the in the name of respecting the dead,
1: right? But uh, so in the U.S., you've noticed like most of the court cases were they were looking out for the family, the survivors. This this is about, like, the the person, the individual, even people who, like, you don't know any of their survivors. They lived long enough ago that no one has any any idea. Right. But the whole basis of it is that, like, through our lifetime, through our life's work, our accomplishments, our reputations, we build this thing that's called an identity, a legacy, Mm -hmm. and it survives us after death. And that's what can be defamed, and that's how you can harm a dead person if you believe that you can harm a dead person. And so that's kind of the basis of the drive to right. get people on board, like, "Hey, let's all just sure. be nice about dead people." But
0: well, and in the day, in this day and age of the electronic life, your emails, your Facebook account, like it brings up a whole different. Can, actually, can I tell you a really, really sad, tragic story? Always speaking of Facebook. I found a uh, old friend from 25 years ago on Facebook by chance, and I was like, "Oh, haven't thought of her in literally 25 years." She looks great. How's she doing? Mm-hmm. Sent her a friend request, blah blah blah. I was kind of on her Facebook page, and then I saw a photo of her with with her kid that said, "Then someone said like very bittersweet to look at this." And I thought, "Oh man, I guess her kid must have passed away. That's awful." Mm-hmm. Scroll down a little more. She had passed away like two weeks previous. Wow, this girl of like in the middle of the night passed away. I was on her face; had already sent the friend request, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And for some reason, it just stuck with me for a few days. It was—I you know, haven't seen her in that long, but I was just like, all of a sudden, there's this Facebook page with pictures everywhere, and hey, this was me last week, right? And now I'm not here, and then you know, her kids had posted. You know, like they kind of took over her account, where people were leaving memorial messages right. and things like that. Yeah. So, and they bring up in the article, you know, typically ninety days after an inactive account, they'll shut it down. I don't know if that's Facebook specific, but um.
1: Well, Facebook apparently has uh, a policy in place where if you can prove you're a family member or something like that, they will revert control of it to you. Yeah. To basically, it basically becomes a memorial page. Like um, yeah, Yumi was friends with uh, DJ AM. Oh, really? On Facebook for some reason, yeah. So and she still is, and his page is now like a memorial page. People yeah. post on it like a couple of times a day, every day still.
0: Well, and I think that's what Facebook's trying to create here with their whole new system that's rolling out is like, this is your life, right? Collected.
1: Yes, and we own it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to know more about, uh, basically, what we're talking about is whether or not you leave a, a digital legacy afterward, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, our colleagues uh, Robert and Julie covered that, didn't they? Yeah, Stuff to Blow Your Mind. So you can search that um, on iTunes, or you can go to the Stuff to Blow Your Mind RSS page just by searching Stuff to Blow Your Mind RSS uh, on your favorite search engine. And if you want to read this really good article by the Grabster, um, you can search, uh, do you have a right to privacy after you die? Yeah. How about privacy after death in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com? And since I said search bar, that means, of course, it's time for Listener Mail.
0: Josh, I'm going to call this something you called it, which is Cult Busters. Oh, yeah,
1: this is good. I didn't call it that. The author did.
0: Oh, was that in the, uh, the subject line? Yeah. All right. Uh, hey guys, I have a great story for you. About 15 years ago, my uncle's wife passed away from cancer. He became disillusioned with his religion at the time. He had a co-worker who, uh, in an effort to help him cope with his grief and confusion, invited him to attend his church. Mm-hmm. Well, it turned out to be a cult, and his co-worker was a recruiter. Uh, it wasn't exactly a destructive cult in terms of violence. There were no drugs to get them closer to aliens, no suicides, no murders, etc. Uh, they were a pretty peaceful polygamous group following some basic Judeo-Christian principles. Uh, They didn't all live on the ranch, a ranch, but they uh, did all live in the same town. When my uncle joined, the prophet of the cult gave him a wife. Pretty nice. Here you go. Welcome. It's a welcome gift. (laughs) And uh, put him to work. Uh, My uncle soon came to be one of the prophet's top men. Our family knew that he was given several wives, but in his communications with us, he would only ever tell us about his first wife and his children by her. Uh, Fast forward to a few months ago. My uncle's daughter is 14 years old. The prophet of the cult ordered his daughter, my cousin, to be married to another man in the group. Uh, My uncle, for the first time in a long time, thinks like a normal person and becomes uncomfortable with the situation. He had never once questioned what he had been told. He never even considered that he was part of a cult. He just considered it a small religion. He really struggled with this after that. Uh, He consumed as much as he could from that point about cults and groups like his, and among that, he actually listened to your very podcast about cults.
1: That is awesomely awesome.
0: He realized that he was in the very wrong and he had to get out. Since he was trusted and respected by many other members, he was able to convince many other higher-ups and lay members that they were also in a bad cult and that they had to get out. My uncle and many of the others were excommunicated, And the cult now numbers, uh, the cult's numbers now are very much dwindling. So, I would like to thank you personally for your involvement in my uncle's return to real life. I'm sure he still would have left the cult, but the extra nudge of your podcast was sure to help him along.
1: And that is from Anonymous. That is amazing. How about that? So, cult busting. Wow. Yeah, that was really something else. I mean, I'm not one to begrudge anybody their religious beliefs or anything like that, but if we can provide information that helps people come to a decision they're comfortable with, I'm proud of that. Done. Yeah. So thank you, Anonymous, for that letter, that very excellent letter. That's, uh wow. I mean, that's like, we should have... That's legit. T-shirts or something like that. <laughs> Cultbusters. Yeah. Um, if you have a story about how the um, the podcast stuff you should know has helped your life, we want to hear it or harmed it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's a good one. Just just not that not how it's affected it in no way whatsoever, and we don't want to hear about that. <laughs> um, you can uh, tweet that to us in 140 characters or less uh, to SYSKpodcast.com. You can write it on Facebook at facebook.com slash you should know, which will be up for eternity. Um, or you can send us a good old fashioned email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com.
0: Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join How Stuff Works staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.